0: hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. The vineyard imagery runs the length of Isaiah. We actually saw this. We got a glimpse of it in chapter three, which was what uh, that was devotion number 606. Here is chapter three, verse 14. You have devastated the vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. This is God's accusation against the elders and leaders of the people. So this vineyard Imagery is going to come up everywhere, but wow, it's really prevalent and it's the focus here of chapter five. It's going to come up again when we get to chapter 27. So you got to understand both of these vineyard passages in conjunction with one another. Okay, so let's begin with chapter five. This is where God's going to tear up his own vineyard, but then chapter 27 paints a different picture with the same brush. I will sing about the one I love. A song about my loved one's vineyard. The one I love had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He broke up the soil, cleared it of stones, and planted it with the finest vines. He built a tower in the middle of it and even dug a wine press there. He expected it to yield good grapes, but it yielded worthless grapes. So now, residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah, please judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now I will tell you what I'm about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. I will tear down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland and it will not be pruned or weeded. Thorns and briars will grow up. I will also give orders to the clouds that rain should not fall on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, the plant he delighted in. So when you get to verse seven, in case there's any question as to what he's talking about here, it's made quite clear right there. He expected justice, but saw injustice. He expected righteousness, but heard cries of despair. Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there's no more room and you are alone left in the land. I heard the Lord of armies say, indeed, many houses will become desolate, grand and lovely ones without inhabitants. For a 10-acre vineyard will yield only six gallons of wine. That's pathetic, man. And 10 bushels of seed will yield only one bushel of grain. Woe to those who rise early in the morning in pursuit of beer, who linger into the evening inflamed by wine, at their feasts, they have a lyre, a harp, tambourine, flute, and wine. They do not perceive the Lord's actions. They do not see the work of His hands. At this point, you're going to see this theme introduced where the leadership, the, the leadership of Israel was just partying. They weren't actually listening to what the Lord was saying. They weren't doing the will of God. They were consumed with this party lifestyle. Therefore, my people will go into exile because they lack knowledge. Her dignitaries are starving. And her masses are parched with thirst. Therefore Sheol enlarges its throat and opens wide its enormous jaws, and down go Zion's dignitaries, her masses, her crowds, and those who celebrate in her. Humanity is brought low, each person is humbled, and haughty eyes are humbled. But the Lord of armies is exalted by His justice, and the holy God shows that He is holy through His righteousness. Lambs will graze as if in their own pastures, and resident aliens will eat among the ruins of the rich. Woe to those who drag iniquity with cords of deceit and pull sin along with cart ropes. To those who say, let him hurry up and do his work quickly so that we can see it. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel take place so that we can know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter this by the way isaiah 5:20 could be like a summary of isaiah and we're gonna hear a lot more from it woe to those who consider themselves wise and judge themselves clever all right so th- this is bad news for the leadership they have utterly neglected the poor they've been put in charge with ruling israel And there are people going without water to drink. Her masses are parched with thirst. They think of themselves as incredibly, incredibly wise and better educated than everybody else in all of Israel. And they've been the ones entrusted with these responsibilities, but they've utterly neglected it. While the masses are parched with thirst, they are glutting themselves every single day, beginning first thing in the morning all the way through the day with partying. Okay, so you're going to see him now call out the leadership of Israel for just being drunk all the time and not doing what God told them to do. They're not aware of God's hand at work. They won't even see his discipline coming. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine, who are champions at pouring beer. Do You see the irony here. Who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of justice. Okay, that is in accordance with the verse 20 calling evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter, darkness light and light darkness. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes straw and as dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will become like something rotten and their blossoms blow away like the dust. For they have rejected the instruction of the Lord of armies and they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. See what happens when you neglect the word of God? Therefore, the Lord's anger burned against his people. He raised his hand against them and struck them. The mountains quaked. Their corpses were like garbage in the streets. In all this, his anger has not turned away. His hand is still raised to strike. He raises a signal flag for the distant nations and whistles for them from the ends of the earth. Look how quickly and swiftly they come none of them grows weary or stumbles. None, of, No one slumbers or sleeps. No belt is loose and no sandal strap broken. Their arrows are sharpened. Their bows are strung. Their horses' hooves are like flint. Their chariot wheels are like a whirlwind. Their roaring is like a lion's. They roar like young lions. They growl and seize their prey and carry it off and no one can rescue it. On that day, they will roar over it like the roaring of the sea. When one looks at the land, there will be darkness and distress. Light will be obscured by clouds." So this leadership of Israel has been found utterly wanting. They've been corrupt. They've been taking bribes and they've been, they've been depriving the innocent they've failed in their basic duties to administer justice in Israel and so people are parched with thirst and they're going hungry and while they meanwhile use all of the resources of Israel to just get drunk all day long every day and so man justice is gone and now they're gonna suffer for it. And one of the instruments that God's gonna use, this is a basic theme over all of Isaiah, he's gonna tear down their walls and make them vulnerable to attack from the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Moabites. You're gonna see God talk to a lot of other nations, he's gonna talk to Egypt, he's gonna talk to Babylon, he's gonna talk to Assyria, and he's going to use them to discipline Israel, but even when that's happened, he's gonna discipline them. In Isaiah chapter five, it's very clear they have completely turned their sense of right and wrong upside down they have inverted righteousness they call evil good and they call good evil by the way we do that all the time here not only in seattle but nationwide culturally we've completely inverted our understanding of what is good and what is evil and for that reason we're going to suffer a similar outpouring of god's wrath and justice and discipline so he is going to allow these jackals to come in. And he's saying like, wow, look at that. Not even one of their sandal straps gets untied. All of their bows are sharpened. Like, look at how well-equipped they are. Like, God's showing them that you're gonna be made vulnerable to these outside nations, and it's all gonna be because of you. But know this, as we move forward, uh, God's gonna deal with those nations. Chapters three and four and five are mostly like really brutal news But this is important because it sets the stage for the commissioning of Isaiah in the very next chapter. In the very next chapter, despite how bleak everything is, God's about to do something great.